I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design, recorded in the Living Kitchen Studio. Joan Barton is the founder and owner of Dirty Girl Construction. She's a general contractor and keenly aware that she's not a man. So let's be frank for a minute. Construction, as well as architecture, are traditionally male-dominated industries, even today. This is not lost on Joan, and one of the reasons I was so keen on speaking with her. Joan is a complex person. She studied music, art, and is equally skilled in math and science. She attended the de Cordova Museum School, Boston's Museum of Fine Arts, Parsons' The New School of Design, and Berklee College of Music. For those not familiar with Berkeley, they have a pretty stout list of alumni, including John Mayer, Quincy Jones, Al Demiola, Melissa Etheridge, John Schofield, Steve Vai, Bruce Hornsby, and Amy Mann, just to name a few. Joan is a complex creative with the ability to craft, construct, and design. She's aware of the lack of diversity and how that does make her stand out. As you'll hear, she relishes that, and it seems to drive her. This is my conversation with Dirty Curl Construction boss lady, Joan Barton. Convo by Design is presented by Snyder Diamond, a family-owned company serving the SoCal design and architecture communities for over 70 years. That's 70 years helping designers and architects help their clients be the best they can in the kitchen with products like those from Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove. If you haven't seen the Pro Series yet, you are in for a treat. This is timeless design and lasting preservation from Sub-Zero, available in sizes from 36 inches to 48, and too many options to mention here, so you have to go see them for yourself. Let's not forget that from well-preserved food comes well-prepared food, and that's why Wolf provides craftsmanship, innovation, design, and performance that you can trust, allowing cooks of all levels to achieve success in the kitchen. Snyder Diamond has also been providing this for 70 grilling seasons. The full line of Sub-Zero and Wolf Outdoor Appliances will provide you with the tools to design an outdoor kitchen that might make some people wonder if you simply forgot to build the walls around it. Amazing, and your clients are going to love all the options, and you are going to love the flexibility. Sub-Zero and Wolf provide so many options from which to choose that as a designer, your options are almost limitless. So if you haven't seen what Sub-Zero and Wolf appliances can do, it's time for you to visit any of the three Snyder Diamond Los Angeles area locations. You can also visit the Sub-Zero Living Kitchen in the Pasadena and Santa Monica showrooms. I am constantly impressed, and I think you will be too. And if that wasn't enough, there are special offers available right now, um, but conditions do apply. So go to any of the three Los Angeles area Snyder Diamond locations. See the amazing line of Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove products. This is how you tell the difference between a designer and a decorator. Oh, we get jokes. I yeah. love that. Okay, go ahead. So designer would <laughs> talks like this. Yeah. And a decorator, this is a deck. you know. <laughs> so de you know, like that thing. Just, you know. Like this. You know that thing. What is the difference between a design? No, I won't go. Don't do it. No, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> we are rolling. Okay. Um, this is this is fun. I've been looking forward to talking to you about about a lot of things. Okay. Not the least of which, you chose the manliest, most aggressive, hyper testosterone industry to get into. Ultimate fighting champions. Yes. Why, why would you? Why would you do that? 
Why? Why? Especially with your background. You went to music school. Uh, just to see if I could do it, for one thing. Is that it? Are you yeah, driven? You're driven by a challenge. I love a challenge. Okay. I do. Okay. I love a challenge. But also, you know, to tell you the truth, I don't think of it that way. I think it. I actually think of this business as dominated by women with a lot of men in it. I mean, I really see it as dominated by women. Expand on that. It's set up for the way women think. I mean, the full process of, I'm not a hand talker, but <laughs> the full process of designing and building, and let's just take building as one thing and design as another, but to take a project from start to finish is a very woman-centric thing to do. Men like to come in and do foundation and framing and go. They're not really into details very often. Women have this thing of this need to understand something before it even starts and then create the entire thing and make sure there's a bow on it on the way out the door and that everybody's happy and, oh, here's a gift basket, right? That's us. That's what we do. That's why we're really good at wedding planning and event planning and organization and all of those very tactile services that women engage in outside of construction they actually lend themselves to construction really well because it's a project i mean it's a pro it just you have to learn a different language you have to learn how to understand a plan set and build and do all these trades but uh the basic stuff behind that is really lends itself i think towards a woman's aptitude sensibilities i would imagine yeah. too that you you had to develop a a much thicker skin yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I grew up with brothers and a sister who was the oldest, so it's like another brother. <laughs> and we're all type A and extremely competitive and very close in age. So there has always been this driven factor to succeed and, and be the best that you can be. Keep your eye on the ball, keep your head down. That's been drilled in my head since I was six years old playing soccer literally to this day I'm like put your head down keep your eye on the ball go 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 um, that being said to walk into this business and not just be able to survive in it but to flourish has been a challenge and a, and I actually just had mugs made that I give out to people it says tears are for amateurs <laughs> Because that's that's really what that sums it up. Tears are for amateurs. That's that is your own personal. There's no crying in baseball. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> we just had. If you want one, I'll send you one. Seventy-five mugs made for every person I know in this business who's just like as thick-skinned as possible. Because we're sensitive by nature. That's the thing. When you're designing and building and creating, you're a sensitive person. So you have to have this these different layers of yourself to survive in this business, in any business, but especially, I think, this type of creative business, because there's a whole bunch of puzzle pieces. There's a whole bunch of pieces. That, uh, there's the art of what we're doing, there's the business of what we're doing, and then you have to add in all sorts of people, clients, architects, designers, vendors, you know, and it, attorneys, whatever it be. There's a whole lot of balance to that. So you have to really be able to breathe through the feelings and, and not lose your mind. <laughs> well, you know, the beauty there is if you did lose your mind, would you really know? Yeah, you wouldn't know. Yeah. You, I might be crazy already, and people are just humoring me. Let's, so. back, let's back up a second. Yeah. I, I, I think it's fascinating. Um, music composition, 
general construction. Yeah. So how did you wind up going from music to construction, and how are they similar? I went from music to construction. I mean, honestly, the music business was dying right around the time somebody asked me if I knew how to build a house. And I I did not know how to build a house, but I still said I did, because I thought, how hard could it be? It's a house, I mean, you know. But I, I took on that challenge because I found the little bit of information that I, that I got from helping someone build a house inspired me to learn more about building houses. And the process is exactly the same to me as writing a composition. You're taking all these elements and you're putting them together to create a, a larger whole. So you've got your saxophone and your trumpet and your piano and your singer and your cello. And how do you make a beautiful orchestration? You start to understand those instruments and those tools and what their capabilities are and you orchestrate a piece. Well, there's no difference between that and the electrician and the tile guy and a piece of stone and a piece, you know, the color of paint and the client and all those different elements that go into creating a project. It's the same thing and then there's math. There's math in all of it and there's art in all of it. And the the trick is to find the balance. That's always the trick is to find the balance, strike a balance, elevate the situation because that's ultimately my job is to elevate all these individual elements into one and elevate it into a greater whole. I mean nobody wants to put that all together and Go like, oh, yeah, no, meh. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> and it's and it's the project management of of all of it, and it really is an art form. Yeah, it absolutely is. I don't know that everyone treats it like an art form. Right. So, yeah, I mean, you can commoditize anything, mm-hmm. right? You can mm-hmm. just build a box and throw a roof on it and call it a exactly. house. Exactly. Exactly. You can, and I think about that a lot. And so, my process is to not define anything. I don't. I don't go oh well that's a square therefore we have to put these elements into this square in this nature um i don't let anyone thing speak to me in my process of creating the art i just i think i divine it the same way i divine a piece of music it's a, it's i'm a channel for whatever's going to come out and if it's right it fits if it's right it resonates so I could really go in and go here's a here's a rectangular bathroom and this is the only way these pieces fit that's not art that's Jenga (laughs) right or how do I make all of these things work for the person I'm building for and for the space I'm trying to create and the feeling I'm trying to create that's that's the art there's a lot that goes into that a lot of thought and a lot of sitting a lot of thinking and a lot of letting things be what they are and there's so much more that goes into it too. We were we were talking a little bit before I, I hit the little red button mm-hmm. about, you know, people are getting a little crazy in LA, at least crazier than when we were growing up. Yeah. And I have a theory. And I think that a lot of it has to do with mobility. Because when you spend that much time in a stress filled environment in a tiny little car mm-hmm. trying to get from point A to point B, it changes you. And it changes who you are. I've also seen some trending things happen in construction and design that are really fascinating that have to do with taking people out of their cars, 
taking people out of the traditional work environment and making it so that one can do everything one wants to do at home, mm -hmm. which partially is so isolating, but at the same time, it's so freeing. Right. Are you seeing that as well? And how are you seeing, how are you seeing the, the creation of the shelter space from both the artistic and the, the simplistic where it's gotta, it's gotta work a certain way, the functionality of it? How are you seeing that change? The ergonomics of how we live inside of our homes is completely different than the way we grew up. We grew up with a lot of small spaces that were, this is the dining room, this is the living room, this is the bedroom, this is where you do this, this is where you do that. Now people want to roam. They want the freedom to flow through their home. They want fluidity in their lives. And they want to be able to express themselves in a way that they that nobody I think nobody felt they had a right to before this is what's interesting you know the way I grew up was um, you 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 were born you go to school you go to college you get your degree and that's your job for 40 years well that's not the way things are anymore oh oh and you buy a house and you raise a family right and it was tunk, 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 tunk. now it's go to school and then what what are what am I doing you know people are really seeking self in, and not in a selfish way. I think in a, a, a spiritual sense. I think people have lost touch with each other. We are super connected, and yet we are completely disconnected. I'm not a fan of social media in the sense of this, the separatism that it creates or the competition that it creates. I love the fact that it connects us all in a way that we didn't used to be connected. I mean, this connects me to you and develops a potential relationship. It's not meant to put me in a box where nobody ever gets to see me or touch me or feel me and and so what we're doing with spaces is I'll tell you what I'm doing with my neighbor's house my house and my neighbor's house we're connecting them we're actually not physically connecting the two homes but we're connecting the two spaces because we're really good friends and we feel too separate from one another even though we live next door to each other and we spend a lot of time outside and we've created different spaces within our own personal space to this is my workshop this is where i'm going to eat here's our outdoor kitchen here's our indoor kitchen here's where everybody meets and greets and then oh you know what it'd be nice to be able to get into your backyard from my backyard and actually so we knocked the wall down all those walls that they built in the 50s to keep us apart from one another well, the people are knocking them down People want to feel connected to something, and, and they don't, especially in this city. Everybody is very much in their own box, very much in their, like you're saying, you're in your car, and you're probably in your car four or five hours a day, driving to and from, and you get home, and you walk in your house, and you, you don't see your friends. You don't talk to people on the phone anymore. Nobody talks. We text. You know, no, like it's without humanness. So how do we get back to being human? So we're bringing in these elements that soften an existence and and brighten existence and allow us to breathe and feel and simple things: higher ceilings, wider doors, more light coming in. All of those elements that connect us to nature and then hopefully one another you know take off the, the the window treatments and wave to the people walking down the street I mean it means something and designing a front yard that invites your neighbors in rather than keeping them out so back in the 80s and the 90s everybody built these big hedges because LA was full of gangs 
and nobody wanted to see it and homeless people and people were terrified and they built themselves into their little prisons and now they don't know who their neighbors are that's crazy there's 16 million people in this city and you know three people you don't know your neighbor so we're starting to tear a lot of that down and, and connect people in ways that are still private but allow each other in how do you allow each other in and how do you allow your family to connect inside of your own home so your process mm -hmm. as it relates to that with your clients how do you have that conversation the first thing I ask my clients is how they live in their house and then I ask them how they want to live in their house they're two very different things do, pe do people know they don't always know sometimes we have to go exercise that for a while to see what works for them to see what they really want a lot of people you know not everybody has a favorite color not everybody knows what style they like. I intuitively know what you want, and I intuitively know what you need, but I need you to get on the same page with me, and I will never force it. So sometimes it's a long conversation, and sometimes it's a short conversation. Some people are very clear about what their desires are, you know, um, but to just say, I want more space, that that's very broad. Why do you want more space? What will that achieve? Where is it going to bring you? What are your goals? Where do you see yourself in five years? How long are you going to be in this house? Are you going to raise a family? Are you going to grow old here? All super important questions because I'm building your home, but I'm also building your future. And it's really funny, too. I, I feel I am very much the same as you. I, I'm, yeah. I am not a fan of social media mm -hmm. because I feel like social media is, is a it's an exercise in Look how great this is. Right. Look how great that is. Right. Look how great I am. Right. Right. Um, and that's not how we live. I think mm -hmm. the Kardashians have have done irreparable harm to society mm -hmm. you know, because yes. it's made people feel like that's right and the way you're doing it's wrong. Yeah. This is a broader conversation, not about you know. I I have a twenty thousand square foot house or I have a two thousand square foot house. Mm -hmm. To me, it, it's what you're comfortable in. Yeah. And so what it comes down to is how do you how do you want to live? How do you want to design? And you as you as the builder, you know, you're the one who's who's yeah, you're you're making something, you're crafting right. something, you're right. ideating something, but you're you're also the shrink. You're you're also kind of like bringing bringing that out. So I, I I think that process is really interesting. And then the other side is the business. Building in LA, building in Southern California has got to be one of the toughest places to do this building California is it's harder every year every year it get and, and I want to say it's it's a myriad of things you know there's the terrain so we have a lot of hillside cliff building that's difficult there is title 24 and green code which is beyond anything anybody else is doing in the country which restrict all sorts of things that I could have done 10 years ago I can't do now so it's it's and that's constantly evolving and the systems that we're putting in to keep up with title 24 are new and different and nobody understands them and there's 20 consultants on a project when you used to go to Home Depot and buy your lights not anymore you know now it's like well how does that work and what does it work with and this is a dimming system and oh well that's you know everything's got its own uh, pr proprietary system for the most part when you get into the the higher 
more design spaces you know you we're not going down and getting a six pack of lights from you know halo lights from home depot anymore occasionally but very rarely so all these integrated systems and smart homes and all these things people that people want there's that and then there's drought resistant codes so for planting and there's water conservation and there's the lid program and i mean it's like it's on and on and on so for instance right now i'm designing an adu the plan sets like 37 pages 10 years ago would have been i could have drawn it on a napkin i mean honestly i could have drawn a box with a hat and been like i'd like to build i mean not quite that simplistic but it's really gotten um heavy on all of the things that we need to follow in order to build and and then earthquake so we've got a structural thing so we've upgraded the percentage of, of, of structural value to put it, I don't know, I'm just gonna dumb it down, but we used to engineer a certain way and we saw all of that fall down in the early 90s. So now the values are, I think we're at 165% to engineer and make sure things don't fall down. So everything's more expensive, everything's bigger, everything's heavier duty. Um, uh, we're conserving water, we're conserving energy, we're, con you know, we're trying to direct sunlight, where there's the solar propositions, there's the electric cars, there's all, and our grid can't support any of it, but that's a bigger conversation. So the infrastructure isn't built to, to really feed the substructure, but we'll get there if enough people want to do it because lobbyists and, you know, and big business will handle that. But we're, constantly negotiating what's possible and what's allowable and what's desired. It's a big conversation. It is a big conversation. And I always like to differentiate between trendy and trending. Mm -hmm. Trendy I'm and trending. trending. No. <laughs> right? I am really, I'm really interested mm -hmm. right now in, in what is trending. And I say that because, you know, after six years of doing the podcast, I've seen so much and I've mm -hmm. talked to so many people and, and what I was, what we were talking about five years ago is already vastly different from how we look at it today. Mm -hmm. If you're talking about fashion, that's forever. If, if you're talking about construction and mm -hmm. architecture, that's a, that's a drop in the bucket. I mean, right. you know what I mean? That's yep. just, that's such a small time frame, five years and all the changes, but the time frames are getting, are getting shorter when you talk about colors. Okay, well, you know what? Maybe I don't like living coral. Well, that'll change next year. Right. Someone will have a different color of the right. year, which, right. by the way, I've never, I've never really bought into anyway. Yeah. How is it changing? What are you seeing that's different? And, and I'll, I'll give you a couple of things that I've heard, and you can tell me what, what your thoughts are. Mm -hmm. the, the term manufactured home used to have a really negative connotation to right. it. Pre-manufactured modules or concepts or ideas that fit into a overall home you know what it seems like it's kind of becoming more of a thing mm -hmm. the people trying to to look at the concept of of drywall and stick built as as it has been and getting away from that mm -hmm. is more and more of a thing mm -hmm. trying to make walls disappear to to make that in like we were talking about before we hit the little red button to make outdoor indoors and indoors outdoors right. and seamless these are all these are all things that at one point were kind of you know futuristic they were considered futuristic but they're not really anymore no there's the, there's the ability i mean there's a company in germany that created a vault system originally for garage doors that the door just drops into the ground it's a half million dollar vault not everybody's going to have it in their home 
but you and there's a couple of houses that are going up in Malibu but literally the you build your house and then the walls drop into a vault for when you want to be on the beach so when the weather is bad the walls go up and when the weather is nice the walls go down the messaging behind that is that people want to get back to nature that's really the simplest way to put it people want to go camping but they really want to go glamping they don't you know it's LA but that's that's what it is you know I want to live outside in my very nice kitchen you know with my sub-zero I don't really want the cooler and the, you know there's different there's variations on it it depends where you're scaling that that project but we have a client right now in Calabasas and the husband said I just want some nature in the house you know because what we're designing I mean it's a it's a it's a gated community those homes are pretty standard typical I don't want to call them track homes because that sounds negative but developments they're standard developments for Calabasas and so there's not a lot of character so and there's not a lot of land I mean there's a lot of nature around and you can see it out the window but the properties aren't that big in comparison to uh, some other areas and so he just said I want some nature in the house so we're bringing a lot of live edge and and things like that back into the home where most of those homes are traditional standard limestone floors white walls white ceilings white woodwork I mean, everything's white or bisque which is one step worse than white and you know and it just feels yellow everything feels yellow and it feels sad after 25 years that's and so it's brightening up a space but how do you brighten up you don't just come in and paint everything super white I mean you can but everyone's getting away from that sterile surgical feel that we were doing when ultra modern you know the 2014 it wasn't that long ago but 2014 was sort of the pinnacle of the ultra modern people are still doing it but that's when I saw it start to change and people are like oh that's cool but I wouldn't want to live in it you're listening to my conversation with dirty girl construction founder Joan Barton Joan knows her business and knows what her clients both want and need someone else who knows that is article Article is an online-only furniture company inspired by mid-century style and Scandinavian simplicity. As a design trade pro, you are going to love the style and quality of Article furniture. That's the, that's the simple part. Here's the best part. Article has created a trade program specifically for busy designers like you. So check this out. Joining the trade program, absolutely free, and there is no minimum for you to start receiving trade discounts. None. Your clients are going to love this, and now you have some help with what's more. They have exclusive designer pricing that cannot be found elsewhere for less. They offer a standard one-year warranty on all article furniture and the shipping. You're going to love the shipping because flat rate in most cases, if not free, and it's fast. Stock items ship in two weeks or less. So here's the deal. You find what you want, you have it shipped directly to the job site, and it arrives, and you're going to love it. They handle special invoicing, tax exempt purchasing, and the customer service. So here's something really interesting that you're not going to find elsewhere very often. Their customer service is staffed by design professionals, which means these are real people who know exactly what you're trying to accomplish, and they have the authority to help you get what you need. For all the details and to sign up for Article's trade program, please go to cxd.article.com. CXD, as in Convo by Design, cxd.article.com. Thank you, Article. All right, back to my conversation with Dirty Girl Constructions, Joan Barton. 
that was what everybody was saying. I love that house you built, but I wouldn't want to live in it. And it's like, well, wait till the artwork and the furniture and all these other th uh, things go into it. You have to dress it. But people want a little bit of softness. People want a little bit of nature. And people don't want so big anymore. They don't want so big. Isn't that interesting? How cyclical mm -hmm. things are. I'm sure at some point big is gonna is gonna be a thing again. I think you know a lot of people would would love to have big Southern California. You're not really gonna have. Well, you can't build big here. I mean, legally, you can't build past a certain amount of your lot size anymore. So with the Mansonization law, you can't do what you could do in 2006 or 2007. So you're you're restricted to a point. There's ways around that. You can dig down. There's no rule about basements, but most people don't want to live underground. I would. <laughs> I think it's cool, but and, and it's expensive to dig down because of our soil. But the the, the people want smaller, more uh, uh, legitimate space. They want a purpose for that space. No, I mean, what are you going to do with a twenty thousand square foot house if you own a, one couch and have? A dog and a spouse. Skate like what, skateboard. Skateboard, ramps. of course. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> I mean, people think I live in this huge, <laughs> awesome, modern home, and it must be palatial and gorgeous. And I, I don't want to clean it. Yeah. Twelve hundred square feet. My it's, house is twelve hundred square feet, and I, I still don't use two of the rooms because I'm like, what do I, what, what do I need a dining room for? I'm going outside, right? So yeah, you know, it's funny because uh, uh, mine as well. Our house, my. Four of us in in twelve hundred square yeah. feet out at the beach, yeah. and uh, built in fifty six. Yep, that's what we need. Yep, that's what we need. But yep. but our, my taste, our taste is is different from from others. Right. You know, you can pack a lot of luxury and a lot of really cool stuff into twelve hundred square you feet. Sure can. And you can pack even more into three thousand. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm I'm interested in your perspective because I've seen some of the projects that you've worked on, and I want to talk to you about a couple of them. But the what are you what are you super high on these days what are you specking who's what products are you finding what companies are doing it right who are you specifying these days and and why i'm just curious not to put you on the spot but i'm curious if if anyone is doing anything that you find interesting and while you're thinking about that i'll sort of i'll sort of add some some touch points to it um and one of your projects that i want to talk to you about we're in the sub-zero uh living kitchen mm -hmm. and which I love. I, I love too. I love. And I would have in my own house. What's really interesting, yeah. like with Sub Zero, who who is a who is a partner of ours, they they they're uh, sponsors of Convo by Design. What's really interesting is how they, in particular, you've got under counter, you've got over counter, you've got glass front, which is different. That used to be so industrial, mm -hmm. you know, and so restaurant kitcheny mm -hmm. to have that. But now it's like, wow, I really like that. Yep. And, and the wine storage and the putting things up and under. One of the projects that you worked on, and I'll get to that in a minute, you kind of disappeared everything in the kitchen. It was like, wow, mm -hmm. that is so cool. This is a living room, but everything's there. I think that backsplashes are not just a wasted space anymore but they're kind of like jewelry for the yeah, kitchen they are their artwork they are and, and you're there are more ways companies are providing more ways to sort of dapple the the project with artwork and mm -hmm. to make it more customizable so that's why i asked the question and i'm curious what you're finding well sub-zero is doing it right because they're keeping up with the times you know they're not just producing and even um gen air I, they produced a line a few years ago of different finishes on their stainless so they the copper and the black because people got tired of stainless steel i mean 
designers were designing rooms that were black and then all of a sudden you'd walk in and you'd a black kitchen and you'd see the stainless steel sort of just popping out at you or brass came back antique brass came back and so how do you mix all these metals so companies that are keeping up with their finishes and their and their their panel systems are really important to the design community and the build community and also understanding the spaces that we're building and how we are trying to disappear a lot of things um, I love that, using that in that way. We're trying to disappear things. It's true, yeah. you know, it's, and, and modular in the sense that walls move and things turn and spin so that a room becomes a different room. There's all these things happening in my world. Um, there's a company in Italy that I've been working with trying to develop a design with, uh, they're called Nella Vitrina and they are extremely high-end but they have a 360 in New York that just came out that's launching so more consumer based um, and they can customize anything for anybody and integrate with any company appliance wise lighting wise panel systems I mean these are all artisans out of Milan who are cutting stone and doing the veneer work and the cabinetry. I mean, it's amazing. It's at the highest end out of the price point for the majority of consumers. But even at its mid-range, it's way better than a lot of what we're seeing in America or even out of other companies in Germany and Italy because they're really understanding that we don't all work in three-inch increments. I don't, so I'm constantly designing and going, okay, well, this existing home is 61 and three quarter inches, and I don't want to scribe to the wall. How do I do that? So, I mean, I have my own ways of doing things, but to have a company that's willing to come in as part of their process to go, it's okay, we're not gonna charge you an extra thousand dollars to create that one panel. They just get that not everything's perfect. Um, it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, it, it really is. And I think that that's more to the point is that customizing mm -hmm. and, and making everything custom. I mean, customizing an entire home isn't really doable for 99% of the people who are, who are building their homes. But when companies are providing customizable options that you can mix and match, you know, we were talking about, you know, kitchens. I walked into a project recently and to look at it was fantastic, but I couldn't find anything. I'm sorry, where's the refrigerator? Mm -hmm. I, I really don't know where it is. Mm -hmm. Where's the dishwasher? Oh, the dishwasher's a drawer. Oh, mm -hmm. the refrigerator, oh, that's, it's completely paneled, look like the wall. Yep. I, I walk in, I'm just befuddled and baffled by the whole thing, and I absolutely love it, because if you own that house, that was made exactly the way you want it. Right. It's not made for your guests. Right. It's made for you. Right. And that's the way it should be. Right. What's your process? Yeah. You know? How do you go? How do you cook? How do you move through your kitchen? Where's your dining room? Do you entertain? All of those things come into layouts. We used to lay everything out in a triangle. Right. To some extent, we still try to for for ease of cleaning, cooking, and 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 sourcing from the refrigerator. But when you have a, a kitchen that might be eight hundred square feet, that that's a silly conversation. So. <laughs> You know, it is. Yeah. It's a silly conversation. And um, but you still create centers and you still create flow. And one of the things that people don't want is to see everything. I mean, we, yeah. we're constantly um, I do a lot of hiding things 
and you wouldn't know they were there. Like I did a thing, I hid a shower under a staircase for a master and it's the coolest little thing. And it was just so we needed one more shower. I'm like, oh, I'll get it under the staircase. And it, and so the shower head's built into the underside of a step and there's this cool little cutout and it's an entire little wet room, tub and shower under a staircase. And then on the kitchen side, there's a mini fridge built into the, the lower portion and there's a slide out tray for a drink prep. It's all just hidden into the staircase. So we created three other spaces out of dead space. See, and that's, I love that. That's magic. It is magic. You know, but yeah. it's not, but it is. Yeah. You know, it's sort of like, oh, this is my home. This is what I need. It's funny. Yeah. I, I had a house once when the family and I were living in Dallas. And my wife loved this house. She really did. I hated this house. I really did. Uh, for a, a litany of reasons, right? Not the least of which, there was a stairway in the middle of the house. Mm -hmm. Great stairway. And it had, it had uh, recycled wood from, from a, like a wood floor mm -hmm. around the wall, which there was this curved wall, and it was fantastic. And then I realized, you know, heating and cooling in Dallas is insane. Home of the, you know, $1,000 electricity bill during right. the summer. And I realized that under and around the stairway, the stairwell, it was all dead space. There was n there was nothing usable. It was just empty space right. that was being heated and cooled and not not accessible. We had a water leak. That's how I found it. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, you could have you could put another room in here. Right. And it was just dead space. Yeah. And I feel like we're we're identifying and getting away from that purposefully and it sounds like that's a thing for you yeah I do it all the time yeah I mean I, I try and capture as much space as I can I try not to uh, underbuild I guess that's what I try not to underbuild I really try to take what's available and turn it into usable space so along those lines I want to talk to you about a couple of your projects okay um, that really jumped out at me that I just uh, Altair oh yeah it's a great one. art color yeah that that house is just oozing and popping with color yeah it's so much fun it's tell, tell me about that project tell me about the owners what were they looking for because clearly you 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 got the the handcuffs were removed on the uh, on the 64 color yeah crayon box <laughs> you got to use them all i have a box of crayons that's that's offensive crayon colors that i just got it's oh awesome. my god okay i'm gonna need to see that <laughs> yeah. at some point yeah, that's all one. yeah um that client is a lot of my clients are like this but he one of those people that just said here's what I'm after do what you want I understand it will take time I understand it will cost money don't screw me that was kind of the conversation right it's a great client that's yeah. a, and, and they trust us they trust us to do you know and, and have the conversations and look at the colors so um, Scott Flax picked out that color with my client, that orange on the outside of the house, which I dreamed about. I mean, I, we all, I should say everybody voted for that color. You know, we put up, we, we put up some amazing, amazing options and I was really wanting. It's persimony and I just yeah, love it. It's, it's so good. Yeah. And it's so good with the, with the landscape around it. Um, and the artwork inside. I mean, you've seen some of the, so we've got this uh, Denison floors inside, so that we've got this natural oak floor that 
is super thick and, and flown in from Denmark and it's gorgeous and understated, yet it speaks very loudly because of what it is. With, with the, then I think we did like a cabbage white on the, on the uh, cabinetry and all the millwork and everything in that house has kind of disappeared. There's a lot of little hidden spaces if you go through the photos of, of where we store things. Um, and then we did zinc countertops, zinc sink. We even did a zinc sink for the dog in the laundry room big old 230 pound mastiff he's awesome it's so great and um and and we didn't overstate anything the lighting is very subdued everything's very subdued but that makes the art pop even more and then you go into the guest bedroom and there's the murphy bed in the wall and the wall is pink it's just it's ridiculously fabulous you know because it it's is. so unexpected and yeah. it's so uh but it's so right for the house i mean everything about it and then you go upstairs and so the chairs upstairs in the master bedroom those are um lazy boys and we had them covered special upholstery the three colors and it's just little pops little pops it, it is but what i what i what i loved was color everywhere mm -hmm. oozing Mm -hmm. dripping color but it mm -hmm. wasn't overdone it no. wasn't overstated and it was a great design team it was john winston studio it was cy carter scott flax dirty girl and our client and then jay griffiths did the outside yeah. so it was like the it was like the killer team of people who we work together a lot and we all speak the same language and we all know our lane but we are not afraid to chime in and and or even disagree if someone's like, yeah, it's off by a little bit, what, you know, or hey, that's not the best process. That's that's what I love about that group of people, is we all have chops, and we all bring them to the table, but we res we respect one another. Isn't that fun? Yeah. yeah, that's that's the greatest. That's the greatest. Kitchen, I was talking about um, Blue Jay Way. Yeah. You just you just disappeared it. Yeah. It it, it felt like and it, very white. Um, felt like more of a, a, a really a place for entertaining yeah well you see how it leads to the to the bar to the living space that's not a big house I mean it's a it's a big house but it's not 20,000 square feet it's it's relatively small and so the living area is super important the entertainment area that circle around the structure um, and the kitchen's not that big compared to the rest of the space um, so it was important to make it usable and it's also uh was built for a woman who is in a wheelchair so it was important to make it accessible so along those lines mm -hmm. when when you because of the tools you have at your disposal now really interesting you're not just bound by the ada rules and guidelines you can actually design for that person oh, which yeah. is different because you know years past they haven't had design there's no design oh my god there's no design for ada it's so like oh, adolescent right now the 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 entire community and we're doing another house right now um i have a wheelchair user and we have a home that was built in the 20s over in larchmont and you know the conversation with her was here's the rules but she doesn't want it to look like a home that someone lives in that's in a wheelchair um here's the rules here's what's makes what's comfortable for you here's what's comfortable normally and we're and then here's code and then we go to the city and we go we know what the pool gate code is but we have somebody who can't reach that high you know all these conversations because ada code supersedes building code but we're not building ada in the sense that we're bound by it we're choosing it 
So that's the difference in residential, we call it ADA light. We're not bound to do that because it's not a public building, right? And we're not, it's just for the individual, but we're still building it in that manner. So we get to make some choices about what we do and do not want to do. Um, but there's a right to live comfortably, so we get to supersede some of the HPOZ laws or restrictions and, and some of the building code to make it accessible. You know, And that community, that design community and that, that segment of the community is starting to speak louder uh, about what their needs are and what their desires are and how to design for them because they're, they're it's, it's just, it's tweaks on things. It's tweaks on things, but most people don't ever think about it. Well, along those lines, and the fact that they have the option now to demand it. Like, if you don't have options, you can demand all you want. You're right. still not getting it right. because it's not available to you. Right. But once it's available to you, so, and that one in particular, when I when I looked at the the images of the kitchen, and I saw that I didn't see it, and I and I was like, where's, where's the refrigerator? Yeah. I'm not sure where the refrigerator yeah. is. Who do, do you remember who you used and how you laid that out? Uh, the who did who, the appliances? I'm curious. Were they were Thermador? They, were they drawers? There's some drawers, and then uh, there was Thermador and Sub Zero were the appliances, and then there were drawer units. And so what we're doing now, like we're doing Bosch, we're doing the dishwasher drawer units because you can't open a dishwasher from a wheelchair in certain positions, so it's easier to use the single higher drawers and things like that. Um, and then we customized that with GT Construction, who's a, a, another contractor friend of mine, but does specifically mill work for my company. Um, they came in and panelized everything. Mm. So it was a combination of, of different people getting together and really designing that. And Yoram LaPere was the architect. Um, he really put a lot of thought into how everything connected to one another and then thinking about like you don't want hardware sticking out because you can snag it on you you know it, not just clearances but but toe kick heights all these other things um but that was that wasn't one company putting that together that was four or five different people connecting we had manhattan millworks gt construction sistone out of the valley doing all the stone work um yeah, and we all came together, and then I worked with Bancroft, um, Bancroft Construction, who's our waterproofing and roofing and sheet metal sub. I worked with them to create all of the zero transitions in the house because everything had to be, I mean, zero transition, indoor, outdoor, room to room, yeah. and still drain away from the house because we had wood inside, stone thresholds going outside, so all of our sheet metal and waterproofing and all, all of that work we were creating something that, that was very precise so that you didn't see it, but it was there working and weeping, uh, draining correctly. And because it's a modern home, so you've got to think about rainfall and how it sheets against the doors and those doors are huge sliding openers and there's no, uh, uh, there's no gasket underneath, there's no threshold so the water can just come in to the house it's very tricky stuff well so it, you really had to we had to put a lot of a lot of things together to make all that work you know what's interesting though and i, I could i could be totally off base on this mm -hmm. but it feels like what you had to do 
for this particular scenario to to accommodate someone in a wheelchair is is really kind of like best practice oh yeah it's what it comes down to it is it is and it is um for anyone yeah it's it is um, first of all to make that look so seamless is mind-bending work it's a lot of math and it was a lot of customizing i mean i i have a used to have a shop partner still a friend of mine but we used to share a shop and there was like i need to make a piece that allows this condition to exist and this piece doesn't exist that i need to create so we would go up and we would take very precise measurements and then we would cat it into vector works and we would then put it in our CNC machine and create things out of metal and bring them back. I mean, we were doing installations that don't, they don't exist. We were, we were creating to make this possible. Is it easier, <clears throat> excuse me, is it, is it easier for you to fabricate now because, you know, you can, you can throw in the CAD and then put it in a 3D printer and actually try something out before you go to all the work of, of actually... A lot of times it's is a it? lot of, yeah, I did, that's how I did my engagement ring. <laughs> 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 I went in, I'm like, so I have this... They're like, all of our, no one's ever walked in with a CAD drawing and an actual oh my God, that's awesome. 3D print of their. <laughs> that is so great. Yeah, but that's, it's that easy. I'm like, I want it to look like this. And so there, there is to a point the ability to see things before we do them, but um, you don't know if it's going to work. So there's, the, I mean, the functionality, you have to be able to do the math behind that and the engineering behind that to make sure that if you're putting 800 pounds of pressure onto the head of a pin, how thick does the base of that pin need to be? And what, you know, that's all just compiled knowledge. So it's, but to, to make it, to make it work and to make it look like nobody had to do anything to get there, that's, that's the art behind that. That's, that's really, yeah. it drives me. Well, and one last project I wanted to ask you about yeah. um, is uh, Oakwood, small oh, Oakwood. and super sexy. Yeah. I just, I just love that. Oakwood's so cute. It is. Yeah. Um, and you talk about how how big is that project? Because you you talk about putting everything. You know, it's a it's a ten pound show in a five pound bag, right? Yeah. That you had a lot of work to do. Yep. To make everything work for that. Yeah, that was a bedroom. That kitchen was a bedroom. I think that was the master, I can't remember anymore. It was the master bedroom and then the little um, uh, breakfast nook was like an old crappy porch that was falling off the house. I mean, just, you know, these houses that were built in the early 1900s and you go like, what do I do with this? That house is probably 1,500 square feet and it's a family of four. Maybe it's smaller, might be 1,100 square feet. It's a little house, little craftsman. And um, we had to take out some of the original millwork. You know, that were all those built-in dining room to next room, all the casework and the built-in china cabinets and all of that, but we wanted to preserve it. I never like to destroy anything in a home. I'm big on restoration and I'm big on preservation. So uh, we just repurposed that area and we saved the stained glass. I mean, you can see, you know, one side's the kitchen with the millwork and the other side is still the china cabinet from the original 1900s. And, and then we create all the other pieces to stain in and look like it's all, you know, seamless and, and original. But that was, that was a tough project because you're dealing with a house that's like, you know, at a 45 degree angle 
right? best. You know, going, okay, so we have to level this out without disrupting the rest of the house. Yeah. And we have to jack it up, and then we have to fix, the, you know, it, it's a, uh, you got to really love what you do. Let me put it that way. You got to really love what you do to, to get that right and to work with, the, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, it's a craft to be able to make all of those pieces come together at that level because nothing's ever perfect in those old homes. Ever, 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 ever. No. It's cuckoo. And the moment you touch it, everything oh, else falls apart. Yeah, it just all explodes. <laughs> No, 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 no. It's so Don't true. Don't touch that. But I've gotten very good at repurposing structural members. I'm like, it's a coat rack. It's a dit dit dit. We can't move it. Well, we can move it, but it's going to be $30 million. So what? let's turn it into, you know, it, there's always that, what do we do with it? How do we make it work? Conversation. Because nobody that's doing a quarter million dollar project wants to spend it all on structural unpretty i can't see it it's not fun you yeah. know nobody wants nobody wants that so, no uh, somebody dropped the platter in the other room we've got a this is a this is a working set we've got going on yeah here. it yeah. is it's good um and i've taken up so much of your time which okay. i appreciate last question i have for you yeah what are you crushing on right now what am i crushing on yeah yoga okay namaste motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> That is a backstory to us. I, I still love that. Is the best. It's the best. That is gonna. That is gonna it's come up again best. at a party. I guarantee. You. I know. What am I crushing on? Let me just think for a second. Yeah. No. Take your time. It, it's funny. It's a tough question too. It's really. It's. It's not a difficult question, but it's one of those. It's like you know what I'm really loving right now, is, I don't really know. Let me think about it. Well, what comes to mind first is that I love that I'm getting to pass on what I know. Yeah. That's what's going on in my world. Yeah. You know, I'm surrounded by all these young women. They just keep popping up. There's one behind you right now. Um, do, you, do you feel responsible for that? Is that, is oh, that, yeah. is that a job? Is that, uh, it, rather, is that a responsibility that you need to take on? I feel like my purpose in life is to be of service in everything that I do. Everything that I do. So if the universe is bringing people to me saying, teach me, help me, form me, discourage me, whatever it is they're asking, when there's that many people coming at you at the same time from different angles, I, I, I take notice and I shift my existence to accommodate it. Because, yeah, I mean, look, I'm going to retire someday. And I get the dirty girl brings something different to the table. I get also that I am dirty girl. And that it's going to be really hard for my nephew to be dirty girl, right? I mean, he could be. It would be funny. Hold on. Water coming in. Hold for, wa hold for water. <laughs> hold for water. Sorry. It's okay. So I don't want what Dirty Girl does to disappear when I say I'm done, pencils down, right? I think we bring something to the table that is unique and different and needed. I really do. It's a different experience. So uh, it, to be able to pass the company down, to be run by a group of women, because I don't think anyone is ever going to be me. It's all in here. But if I can take little bits of who I am and pass it down to four or five different people and have them come to go together and continue that experience, whether they stay with the company forever or not, it doesn't really matter, but to bring more of what I do out into the world, 
because I was missing. I was sorely missing before I got here. I know that because I've been so successful without difficulty. It hasn't been like I do something terribly different. It's been that something that I do is different and was sorely missing. So whatever that is, I want to continue that after I'm gone. That is my legacy, I suppose, if I were to have one. So all of these women coming to me, I really want to allow them to learn and absorb everything that's in my head and everything that's in my heart and everything that's in my world around me so they can take it if they choose to and create more on their own or as a group. You know, women in construction, there aren't any. There's very few. And there's, in the last month, two different women I know of who are about the same age I was when I started who've gotten their licenses and have the ability to continue the experience and the conversation and the methodology of the way women build. And women build the way they build anything. They build families, they build, you know, and, and not that men don't do this, but they, they build a different experience and they have a different conversation and a different vision and uh, they communicate in a different way. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Uh, Joan, we went super long. And, sorry. And no, 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 no. I'm sorry. It's I was, okay. I was, I have thoroughly. I could talk for hours. I have, no, please. I have thoroughly loved this and I appreciate it. Oh, thank you for the time. Thank you for having me. It was really great. <laughs> That was my conversation with Dirty Girl Constructions, Joan Barton. A special thanks to Joan, Snyder Diamond, Article, and Bondom for their support of the podcast. And thank you. Without you listening to the show, there really is no convo by design. So please check out the videos from some of your favorite podcast episodes like this one. And we'll talk again next week. So until then, keep creating. Convo by Design is proud to be working with Vondam Furniture. Their design culture is the key to their success. It's what pushes them to consistently create new collections that give spaces a new dimension. They create dialogue between environment and form. Vondam pieces can transform the simplest space into one filled with glamour that is both unique and extraordinary. And isn't that what design is all about? Creating atmospheres where you can take hold of life and enjoy it to the fullest. Vondam products are simple and elegant, contemporary and exceptionally comfortable. Their crafted modern durable molded resin, glass, and metal designs are unique. They beg to be enjoyed. Have you seen them featured in our videos? Check out our YouTube channel and see this for yourself. You can also find them in their showrooms at the D&D Building in New York, Wynwood in Miami, and the Pacific Design Center here in Los Angeles, or online at vondam.com. <laughs>